Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God for our meditation today is taken from St. John's Gospel, chapter 9, verses 1 through 7. We'll hear again just these words. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. This is the word of our God. My dear brothers and sisters in Christ, it's amazing how quickly things can change. A few weeks ago, the word virus usually referred to the common cold. A corona was just a beer, and COVID-19 would have seemed like the name of a planet in a sci-fi movie. Now all these things are part of our daily vocabulary. We've also added terms like social distancing and shelter in place, and an entire world has risen to expert level in hand washing. Questions abound. What does all this mean? Will the stock market recover? Will the economy survive? Will I be able to keep my job? What about my son's college graduation? What about our summer plans? How many people will get this virus? How many will die? Will there be a vaccine? Will we be able to eradicate it or will it come back again every year? What does the future hold? Those are troubling questions. But perhaps most troubling of all is this question. Why? Why is this happening? Why has a good and gracious God allowed such a terrible disease and all the fear and uncertainty that goes with it to grip our world? As God's people, we turn to his word for answers. The portion of his word before us today gives us some clues as to why bad things happen in our world and perhaps most importantly, why they don't. Let's talk about the don't part first. One day, Jesus and his disciples were walking along somewhere in the vicinity of Jerusalem when they encountered a man who had been blind from birth. He must have been well known to them already since they knew not only that he was blind, but that he was born that way. Maybe he was a fixture in the community because he sat on a certain corner and begged. Somehow, they knew his backstory. And they asked about it. Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Now just think about that question for a second. It has some interesting implications. If the man was born blind as a result of his own sin, then it must have been a sin committed already in the womb. If you can imagine such a thing. If his blindness came as a result of his parents' sin, well, that hardly seems fair. The disciples' question is a common one still today. Many people believe that bad things happen as a direct result of a specific sin. They think that every suffering is punishment for a particular misdeed. All you need to do is draw a line from one to the other. Again, this is a common belief. One of my favorite movies is The Patriot, starring Mel Gibson, a story that is set during the Revolutionary War. At the beginning of the movie, we hear Mr. Gibson's character, Benjamin Martin, say, I have long feared that my sins would return to visit me, and the cost is more than I can bear. Later in the movie, his young son is murdered by a British officer. He believes that his son's murder is the direct result of his own brutal revenge taken on French soldiers years earlier at a place called Fort Wilderness. 
Some look at the coronavirus and say, see, God is judging our nation. He's punishing us for our materialism. He's making us pay for our sexual immorality. He's inflicting us because of all the thousands of babies murdered each year by abortion. Certainly those are terrible sins that do great harm to our nation. But we are all sinners. We all need to repent. Every time a disaster strikes, we are reminded of that fact. But listen to how Jesus answered his disciples. Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. Jesus makes clear that this man wasn't blind as a result of some sin committed by him or his parents. God had a plan and purpose in mind when he allowed the man's blindness. More about that in a little while. For now, this much is clear. Jesus doesn't allow us to connect the dots between a specific sin and something bad that happens in our lives. When something goes wrong, none of us should think, God is punishing me. Why? Well, because that already happened. God already punished you for your sins, every last one of them. This happened at a real place and at a real time in history, 2,000 years ago, on a little hill called Golgotha, just outside the city walls of Jerusalem. God took your sins and my sins and the sins of billions and placed all that guilt on his son. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross. God's justice is satisfied. God punished Jesus in our place. He doesn't need to punish us. Now, does that mean we can just sin freely? Does that mean there are no consequences for sinful behavior? Of course not. If you get drunk, climb behind the wheel, wrap your car around a telephone pole, and end up in the ICU, that is a direct result of your sin. But even then, God is not punishing you for your sins. That boat has sailed. That's already done. It is finished. Jesus paid the price for all your sins in full with his pure and precious blood. That's why Paul could write these thrilling words. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. God does not condemn us for our sins. He doesn't punish us for them. He simply forgives them all of them, in Christ. So then, why would God allow a huge national crisis, a huge world crisis like COVID-19? Let's hear Jesus' words again. This happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. How does God display his works? How does he make himself known through this blind man? Well, Jesus healed him. He spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. This word means sent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. To be honest, we're not really sure why Jesus spit and made mud and put it on the man's eyes. The very thought disturbs our coronavirus-heightened sensibilities. Perhaps it was a kind of gentle signed language that said, I'm going to help you now. We just don't really know. What we do know is the end result. The blind man came home no longer a blind man. For the rest of his life, he would be known as the man who was born blind, but was healed by Jesus of Nazareth. For the rest of his life, he would share his story with his family and friends and tell the good news of his Savior, even to the Pharisees who didn't want to hear it. 
For the rest of his life, he would be a living and breathing, walking and talking witness to the power of the one true God. He's been home in heaven now for about 2,000 years. Still, through the word before us today, this once blind but now seeing man gives us a window into the glory and grace of God. God still works this way today. He still uses trouble and trial to teach lessons and bring blessings. That, of course, is his promise. We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. In our text, Jesus performed a miracle of healing, but usually God does his work in less than miraculous ways. Often, he reveals his grace and glory through the things that we do in his name. In the words we speak and the actions we take, we show his heart. We become his hands. We act as his helpers. Several times in the last week or so, I've read this quote from Mr. Rogers. When I was a boy and I would see scary things in the news, my mother would say to me, look for the helpers. You will always find people who are helping. That's pretty good advice for a frightened child. It's good advice for all of us at a time like this. It's a blessing to look for and find the helpers. And there are many of them right now. But it's perhaps even more of a blessing to be one of those helpers. What an opportunity we have, my friends, right now as God's church, God's people, to let our light shine before others, that they may see our good deeds and glorify our Father in heaven. What works of God can we put on display during the COVID-19 crisis? There are so many ways right now that we can show our Heavenly Father's kindness and compassion to others. First, be patient. This is a frightening time for both kids and adults, so if someone gets a little stressed out, if someone expresses some anxiety or blows off some steam, listen patiently and speak gently. Remind them to cast all anxiety on God because he cares for us. Be generous. Right now, hoarding is a big problem. Yesterday, my Facebook feed filled up with ads for toilet paper, and those precious rolls were not exactly being offered at bargain basement prices. Instead of taking, give. Instead of hoarding, leave some for the next guy. Go a step further. Ask your neighbors if there is anything they need. Share some of your precious supplies with a family member. As our Lord said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Be thankful. There's a lot, been a lot of talk lately about what life will look like on the other side of COVID-19. We'll all be glad to get on a plane without fear, to drop our kids off at school, to hear the roar of a stadium crowd, or to stand in line for two hours at a restaurant. True. But we have so many reasons to give thanks right now. Some shelves may be empty, but our food supply is intact. Many services are down and businesses are shuttered, but many are still active. We can still access our bank accounts. There's still plenty of cheap gas. Firefighters, police officers, medical workers, farmers, truck drivers, mail carriers, and many others continue to serve us in spite of danger to themselves. And most importantly of all, our Savior has not left us. He has not stopped loving us and forgiving us. I could go on and on for hours. As Paul said, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. My friends, be thankful and let people know to whom you are thankful. 
Finally, be prayerful. That's another way we can help. James tells us that the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. The God who has made us righteous in his sight through faith in Jesus hears and answers our prayers. Those prayers are powerful, not because we are so good, but because God is so gracious. Prayer works not because we say all the right words, but because our Lord knows exactly how to answer us. There's a lot to pray about right now. There always is. So come before the Lord's throne of grace regularly and with confidence. I would love to go back to the days when Corona was just a beer. No masks, no hand sanitizer. All you needed was a couple of limes. This Corona is different. It's inconvenient. It's annoying. It's downright scary. But remember, my friends, God isn't punishing us. God is still with us, and he is using all of this for our eternal good. Thanks be to him now and forever. Amen.